Awesome. So you're from Ridgewood originally, correct? New Jersey? Yeah, Ridge, Ridgewood, New Jersey. Yep. Uh-huh. Very nice. I lived there from birth until, you know, I went off to college, basically. It's 18, 18 mm-hmm. years. Yeah, 18 roughly. years. Roughly. Yeah. yeah. What, what were, you, what were uh, some of your favorite kind of things to do when, when you were growing up there? Um, I, I think it's like the kind of thing where, uh, like, while I was living there, I wanted to not be there um, and didn't appreciate the, the cool things that I did have access to. Um, but I think like in retrospect, I took for granted um, that it was like this amazing thing that me and my friends grew up, you know, in a town that was small, but was only half an hour by train away from New York City. So we had access to that kind of cool stuff. And that was like huge in terms of music because like, we could go see shows and stuff like that. Obviously like a lot of, a lot of the shows we wanted to see in the city when we were kids, like we're 21 plus. So that was kind of a point of resentment, but at least there were, you know, occasionally there were other shows that we could get into that were all ages. Um, and then there are shows in like um, places like Hoboken, New Jersey. I don't know if you're familiar with that place. That's like, yeah, I, I, I've heard of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, there's, you know, back in like the, 80s and early 90s there was like a decent amount of like music stuff happening in that part of new jersey like yola tango and stuff like that um so i guess they probably still live in the area i'm assuming so we would go see we go see yola tango and we see like other shows at this place called maxwell's in hoboken um but yeah i mean like that was i think by high school like most of the stuff i was interested in doing revolved around music really um there wasn't a whole lot else that uh, really caught my interest at the time and had a very like focused view on just like you know wanting to uh play music and go see shows and stuff like that yeah what was what were some of your earliest shows that that you were attending um i saw uh so I, when i was in like eighth grade um i went to there's like I, they probably still do this there's like a, a, a series in the summer um in central park like of outdoor concerts um and i saw like ben folds five there in eighth grade um and i saw sonic youth there a couple of years after that which is really awesome um i saw um, let's see i saw weezer when i was in ninth grade sweet um, yeah totally yeah that was a big that was actually something that me and bleaker and martin were just talking to those students about that i was, I was telling you about yeah um, was like you know, we were like very deep into Weezer at that age, like middle school, middle school to like early high school. Um, and then uh, probably through like, through the kind of the things that I was just talking about, the fact that so many shows in um, in the city were, all, were 21 plus, um, just through like finding shows that were all ages, I got into like punk music uh, because those shows happened a lot more locally to me. Um, places like there's a town called Wayne, New Jersey, and there was a venue there that we would go to called Wayne Firehouse. Um, and those were all ages shows. They had like a lot of punk shows there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think what other like early formative concert experiences there were. I mean, that's um, good that there was places that you could go that was relatively close to you to go see music mm-hmm. that was that was all ages. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, that's so important mm-hmm. to 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 have in in any music community at all it's like okay like 
any kid can come here. It's kind of like, um, because you're, you're East coast yeah. and it seems like minor threat was really a, a huge, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, push forward in that. And then uh, obviously like Fugazi later on. And yeah, that's all stuff that I got extremely deep into in high school too, is like, um, yeah, like the whole like discord eighties, like DC scene. I ended up going to college in DC. Um, and like only got into that music even more there. Um, yeah. And then, you know, once I was in college, there's like a whole lot of like cool music that was happening that like completely blew my mind. It was totally different than what I was listening to in high school. Um, I would see shows like, uh, like Black Dice was really uh, active then. So I saw Black Dice play a bunch of times. Um, the like very early, earliest uh, incarnations of Animal Collective were really mind blowing. There's a band called Acceptor that I think still exists um, that I would go see and just like stuff that was a lot more experimental than, than what I had been exposed to um, in New Jersey. And all of that like was just mind blowing, really, really inspiring to me. Um, and then of course, like, you know, in DC, there was still like uh, sort of the aftershock of like discord, like post hardcore stuff. So there's a lot of that kind of like, you know, like going to like post hardcore and like, heavier shows at like houses and stuff like that um yeah right yeah i mean a lot a lot of a lot of uh new experiences being being thrown at you right definitely yeah do you have any siblings yeah i have one older brother did did he play a part in formulating your music taste at all no not really yeah he's kind of into his own thing um maybe like early i mean i probably i think like in middle school, in like elementary and middle school, like the first like rap records I heard were through him, like, um, and like, you know, stuff like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. Pink Floyd, he introduced me to that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, once I, once I developed kind of tastes of my own, we sort of diverged in terms of the music we were listening to a little bit. Right. But, but def- I, I have to credit him, you know, with like, with like any like early nineties East coast hip hop that I was exposed to always because of him and his friends and a lot of classic rock. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's like, okay. Yeah. Hip hop and, and the modern hip hop, but also, you know, there's these, these guys called Pink Floyd. You should definitely check them out. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's such a, such a, an opposite ends of a spectrum, but I mean, that's, yeah, neat, but that's though. like, that's like standard, like, uh, you know, adolescent in New Jersey, listening from that era i would say is like yeah it's it's like what whatever uh what run dmc and then to the wall yeah it was also like you know that at the time like it's crazy to think about because like not many people care about what's on the radio now but at the time like radio when i was in middle school like radio still had an impact in terms of what people listen to so there's like only so many options there's like maybe there's two like good rap stations at the time there's one the really famous rap station at the time and then there's like one big classic rock station one alternative rock station like a big pop station um and then a smattering of other things but you know you got into stuff through that yeah which is weird weird to think about that now yeah yeah it is, it is really interesting thing with that i don't think that anybody turns on the radio in their car at all uh, or at least I, a station, you know. I actually, well, I'm old, so, so I still do that. But I okay, like, okay, good, that's good. I basically just leave it on. Like, I have like public radio on. I tune it. You know, if I don't want to like listen to music from my phone or something, I'll like 
tune into the public radio while I'm driving around. But that's pretty much it. I guess actually, no, I take it back. There's like, there's a college station here that plays some decent stuff. And uh, there's like another local station in Madison that plays some weirdo stuff, depending on the hour of the day. So I'll tune into that every now and again. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. If there's, if there's something that's kind of playing something that you wouldn't find regularly on, yeah. uh, on a radio, I, I'd be more inclined to listen to that than whatever, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. My, the stations that I get down here, but usually if I turn on the radio, it's just AM radio. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just like listening to like traffic updates and right. whatever else, totally. yeah. yeah. which I, I like that more than the music that they play, which is, I mean, good for that i don't know who's listening to it though because it's like i believe it's newer music and yeah. it's like okay but what is your target audience like what is the age demographic that you're shooting for because it's a very strange it's, niche yeah yeah it's yeah. really weird i don't know who's fitting that you know uh, <laughs> uh the age bracket but yeah good, good for them i don't know how they're how they're still in business but yeah yeah and it doesn't seem to like it doesn't align i don't think like if you tune into like pop radio stations right now, it doesn't seem to align with like the like Spotify top top lists or anything. No, it doesn't. It seems so, like it is totally divergent things. Yeah, where is this coming from? Who's who's saying that the Spotify is the whatever the top fifty or top indie? Yeah, playlists, and then these people don't get any airplay. It's, right. it's I don't know. I mean, it's, it's such an odd algorithm or whatever it is. It's right. relying on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. But mm-hmm. um, so did you go directly from New Jersey to Washington, D.C. for yeah. school? Yeah, I oh, did. Okay. I actually, well, I, I, so I went to high school actually on the other side of the border on the New York side. Um, but, you know, from there, then I went off to D.C. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so, so you made that jump and so you were, you, you were again 18 at the time yeah i was 18 so then when, when did you make the the switch because you went to school in in madison correct i went to grad school here so uh, i i um i finished college and then i worked in dc for a little while and then i uh started a grad program here and was in that for a really long time uh until until the end of 20, 2019 uh, i finished up my phd here in madison so not that long at all. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I moved I moved here in 2008. So it was over 10 years. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I got two master's degrees and a joint PhD along the way. Spent a good amount of time in India um, and, you know, uh, met someone that I ended up marrying that's from Wisconsin. And so uh, now in, in India. Now, or no, 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 no. Here in, in Madison. Yeah. That would have been even crazier. You're like, well, yeah. I, I go to school there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That would be funny. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so you're, so you, you moved to Wisconsin and what, what were you doing in India? Why were you, why were you located out there? I was doing research for my uh, PhD dissertation in Mumbai. Okay. And so, yeah. so, so what did that entail? What exactly were you doing out there? So I did a few long trips between 2012 and, and uh, 2017, um, I was doing field research. So I, I studied anthropology and ethnomusicology um, and the research methods for those. I don't know if you ever like, uh, if you're familiar with, with those subjects at all. But... Well, I looked it up because I knew that those were your-, your Oh yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah. 
um yeah so but I'm, know, I'm still not i'm still not super um let's just say I, I don't have a phd in these subjects okay so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very bare bones all right not to worry not to worry yeah um so the research methods for both of those subjects more, more or less kind of rely on like extended periods of field research um doing what's called participant observation research um and so that's why that's what brought me to mumbai i was studying stuff that had to do with um, music and sound in, in Mumbai. And um, my research process kind of involved a lot of things, you know, from interviewing people that were, um, that are basically anti-noise pollution activists to uh, playing music with, um, with people that play in like processional uh, bands that play during religious festivals. Um, so yeah, I was there for, for quite a while and it actually kind of spilled over even into like the time after I joined real estate because I joined real estate in 2016 and basically like I played like three or four shows with real estate um, and then I had I went back to India for a really long time. So they actually did a tour without me with a guy named Doug as like a substitute guitar player for, I don't really know how long of a tour it was, but um, but yeah, they... they uh, they had to get a, someone to fill in for me because I told them up front, you know, like I still want to finish my PhD and finish up my my research. And they were cool about that. You said, hey, this is cool. I like playing with you guys, but I also like playing with these other people in India. I got this other thing going on. So yeah, I'm right. Really... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that is really cool, though. So how much of a difference was it? I mean, I'm assuming it's a huge difference from, I mean, New Jersey or even Washington or Madison going to you said Mumbai, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. sure. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a it's a very unique place. Even like within India, I would say for people that have like traveled to Indian cities, like you know, if you even if you know like Delhi really well, like going to Mumbai is like shockingly different in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an exciting place. It's like uh, you know, um, extremely different <laughs> than than all those places than New Jersey or or DC, but, um, you know, in ways that like, that sometimes in the moment are like frustrating. And then like in retrospect are things that like you really miss and you want to go back and spend more time there. It's been a few years since I've been back. And like, I, I miss it. I miss the people that I was friends with there and, um, you know, miss keeping up with their lives in person and, um, miss, you know, my, my usual routine and the stuff that I would do there, the things I would eat. Um, it's a cool place. I'd yeah. love to go back sometime soon. So what, what made you interested in these two subjects? The, 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 eth, um, I hope I'm saying this correctly, the ethnomusicology, correct? Yeah, you got it. Yep. And the anthropology. What, 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 what made you interested in, in studying this? So I studied anthropology as an undergrad. And um, I think the reason I did was, uh, you know, like my freshman year, I took all my, whatever they're called like general prerequisite requirements for college the liberal genetics, arts. Yeah. yeah exactly um and um wasn't really convinced that i wanted to study anything in particular but um after taking like a few anthropology classes i was like i kind of realized like oh if i study anthropology i can actually still learn about lots of other um lots of other like humanistic subjects that i was interested in you know you can you can be an anthropology major, but still like take classes and write papers that ostensibly have to do with 
art or music or philosophy. Um, and I liked that. Uh, and it, it sort of, uh, it, it works nicely with like, you know, some of the electives that I wanted to take and like mostly in like music and art history and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, I really appreciated that about it. Um, I didn't know yet at that point that I would want to go to grad school um, or that I would want to, you know, focus on music specifically, uh, at, you know, as an academic subject. But then I graduated from college and uh, spent some time, you know, like got a few like crappy jobs, um, spent some time like, you know, serving coffee at Starbucks and stuff like that. Um, and then I got a job at Smithsonian Folkways Recordings, which I are you familiar with that label at all? I've heard the name, but I, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you much more about that than, than what I just told you. It's it's an amazing thing. It's so it's a it's like a record label that is part of the Smithsonian Institution. Um, it's in DC, I'm assuming. Yes, it's in DC. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like, have you ever been to DC? No, I've never been to DC. Oh, okay, it's like Ian McKay won't let me go in there. So I, it's yeah, it's, it's a whole <laughs> issue. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, as far as I know, I think probably the office is still in the same place, but it's like on the National Mall where all the like you know other Smithsonian museums are and like right. Um, you know, you got the Capitol at one end, you got the Lincoln Memorial at the other end. So it's like right in the middle of all that stuff. Um, and it's a record label that large, that's, you know, largely focuses on, um, on like both American folk music, but also in, you know, the more recent decades, increasingly like world music or um, whatever you want to call that, um, particularly like international, like folk music and stuff like that. Uh, but I got a job there and that was like kind of the first time I met ethnomusicologists and talked to them. Um, and uh, of course it was like exposed to a lot of cool music working there. I worked, I didn't do anything like fancy there. I just worked, uh, I was like the mail order guy. So people would place orders for records and I'd pack them up and ship them out. But the cool thing about that was that, well, actually there, there was a number of cool things about that. First of all, it was just like cool working in that setting I met a lot of really cool people that worked there. Um, I got to listen to anything in their catalog while I worked. The catalog is like something like 10,000 albums. It's just it's like an enormous catalog. Really narrow to choose from, not slim pickings yeah. over there, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was amazing. It was like, it's crazy. Because basically, it's like, you know, that, that label started as like a private label in the 40s. Um, and then was acquired by the Smithsonian and then kind of acquired all these other smaller labels. So it just like grew to have this massive catalog. So I, I listened to so much shit that way. Um, and then like part of my job was also like, I got to talk to artists on the phone, um, hear a little bit about their story. And um, it was just, you know, it was a moving experience and um, inspired me to apply to grad school and to apply to ethnomusicology programs. Wow. So I did that. And um, ended up going to University of Wisconsin. Um, was there ever a song or an artist that you found while just kind of putting stuff on while working there that you cannot find at all anymore? No. And that's, that's the cool thing about this label is that they keep everything in print on demand. I don't really know what the deal is now. It was, you know, it was obviously a few years ago that I worked there. It was like uh, over a decade ago. 
at the time people were still interested in ordering CDs, um, but any CD you would want, they would press on demand of any of their, you know, 10,000 10, or whatever records. Um, now it's probably the kind of thing where just like everything is available. I'm sure everything is available digitally and you can get like, I, I think, you know, even then you could get um, all the liner notes as free PDFs on their website if you wanted to just, you know, read through some liner notes. So, um, so yeah, that's the cool thing about it is that there was, there was nothing in their catalog that was hard to find. I guess theoretically, if you're looking for original pressings, they're all pretty hard to find. Um, well, then nobody's interested if you can't find them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you just want to listen to the music, like it's all there for you to listen to. Yeah, that's really cool. Very sick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that that, that really that really sparked a huge just re resurgence of, of appreciation for music in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and you were you were playing music. In, in your own time on the, the guitar or, or what? Yeah. Like yeah. Cello I was, and stuff. Uh, yeah. I was playing. Um, yeah. So like college, I didn't, I didn't really play that many shows. I played shows every now and again, but I was recording a lot. Um, I was getting kind of more familiar with like how to record in my bedroom, basically um, rec make, you know, kind of like lo-fi recordings that no one really heard except for myself. Um, it's the best that, audience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That kind of ramped up a lot more like after I started grad school, actually. So I moved to Madison in 2008, started grad school. And um, when I got here, I basically, you know, like moved to a new city. I didn't know anybody. Um, so outside of my classes, I had free time that I wasn't using really to socialize. Uh, so I was just like spending tons of time recording and um yeah, I'm trying to think how much I record. I, I started doing like, like a self-released like CDR series and did maybe like four releases that way. And then, um, then a label uh, offered to put out my first record uh, on vinyl. And while, of, while in school, this is while you were attending. Yeah, while I was in grad school. So that was 2009. I put out my first album called Aren't You Glad? Um, that came out 2009, 2010. I put out another record with that same label called Mare and did some, um, some EPs with, uh, my friends started a label around the same time called Underwater Peoples, which is now the label that I work with primarily. Um, so yeah, it was just like a lot of things coinciding, like, you know, having the free time to, uh, to start recording a bunch of music, having my friends start a label and offering to put out my music, um, there's also like, you know, the same time that like blogs kind of became a thing, like music blogs. Yeah, you People, said 2008-ish? Right yeah, 2008, there. 2009. 2009. Yeah. That's, so like, that's when I started to, to really jump off, huh? Oh, yeah, it was right, right in like that sweet spot where like, you know, for some reason these blogs were like willing to write about complete nobodies. And so I got people hearing my music and like ordering my CDRs just from reading about it on a blog, which was really cool. That is really cool. Now, yeah. the the other um, uh, label that, that you mentioned before, not Invisible Peoples, I believe it's it, it's what's Underwater called, Peoples. Right? Uh, underwater Peoples. Underwater, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. The the one we got to start this whole thing over. By the way, so just get ready. <laughs> Can't have any missteps. Um. No, the the uh, the other one that you said that released that your first um your your first CD. Yeah. Was they, that, it was Wisconsin based label. No, no, it's Brooklyn-based, uh, called Old yeah. English Spelling Bee. Yeah, all these, both of these labels are Brooklyn-based. 
um so just you like weren't doing shit yeah i mean you were you were going to school kind of and you were putting out i was going CDs to school that, not kind of i was going to school full yeah, time so, so nothing i mean i just wasn't i just wasn't. going to school and releasing music i mean yeah. what, what were you really doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's really insane so um this was this is after your your schooling in there's just your master's right so how, yeah, how old masters. are you right around this time like 22 22 yeah 22 i guess it's old very old and I'm somehow even older now <laughs> that's insane it won't stop <laughs> the aging process yeah that's a, that's a lot to accomplish though you got a lot of stuff on your plate yeah no it, but it, i was like you know it felt very natural because like i said i wasn't i that first year i wasn't making that many friends i was like just like really into just recording a shitload oh, you're just making an album making things yeah. creating things uh man that must have sucked dude <laughs> <laughs> but uh after after india you 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 went right back to wisconsin and, and you finished yeah. up schooling okay yeah pretty much i took i think it was like yeah it was about two years that it took for me to write out my dissertation which i did um by that point so i basically after my last long trip to India, um, touring really started taking off with real estate. And so I was like spending a lot of time on the road. And then whenever I'd be back in Wisconsin, I would just spend all my time in the library writing up my dissertation and got that done in from like, I guess like summer 2017 until like winter 2019. Um, so what was like, it on? What was, the, what was the topic that you focused on? So it was on uh, what some people would call noise pollution in Indian cities, in Mumbai in particular. Um, but all of the stuff that these people point to as being noise and being a nuisance uh, largely has to do with the sound of music during religious festivals. So it was really about kind of the uh, uh, conflict between different communities in Mumbai over uh loud sound happening in public spaces um a lot of times tension that was kind of mirrored along lines of religious community um and there's sort of a long history of that stuff of people getting upset with other communities in indian cities especially in mumbai over loud sounds in the street it's very interesting now were did you have any um did you know any of this prior to going to India and, and, yeah. and talking to people? Oh, okay. So this yeah. is uh, something that you, that you kind of knew about. You, you had a semblance of this is happening here. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote my master's thesis on like kind of a related subject. Um, and uh, actually did like a trip to Delhi uh, to do research in like the national archives of India, like archival research for, for that stuff. Um, so I had kind of a basis or like basic knowledge of, of this kind of stuff happening, um, and sort of planned my research, uh, based on, on, you know, what I, what I thought I knew at the time. <laughs> and then you just keep on unraveling more and more. And, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The snowball effect, huh? Right. Yeah. What is, what is the main difference between New Jersey and Wisconsin? Um, there's a, man, there's a lot of differences, <laughs> very different places. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, New Jersey is like really, at least where I grew up in New Jersey is very much defined by its proximity to New York City. Uh, it's the reason that there's like people populating those towns. Pretty much all my friends, parents moved to Ridgewood, you know, like a lot of my friends' parents, at least my, my parents moved to Ridgewood. Like my dad's from, my dad grew up in Brooklyn. And that's the case with a lot of like, a lot of these towns, it's like, uh, you know, seventies, eighties, like white flight out of urban areas. Um, and like the growth of these suburban areas, uh, like Ridgewood. Um, and so it's just geographically very much defined by that, that history from, you know, I guess 1968, you could say through the nineties or whatever. Um, so that, you know, that's sets up like a whole lot in terms of like the social dynamics of like a place like Ridgewood, New Jersey, in terms of, um, you know, socioeconomics and, and race and stuff like that, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, of course, I think that has like a big impact culturally in terms of like, you know, even coming down to like what kind of music kids are getting into or like how kids are playing music. Um, you know, the uh, like, you know, in a town like Ridgewood, like, for example, like me and my friends were, were privileged enough that like our parents could get us guitars or like a drum kit or whatever. We could um, start a band in their basement. Um, so that's like, I would say very uh, typical of like the kind of experience of a town like Ridgewood in New Jersey. <clears throat> not that there's not similar kinds of places in Wisconsin, but um, there isn't the same dynamic of there being like a massive metropolitan city that um, created through its sprawl, these like suburban type places. And I think actually like, you know, for better or for worse, like a lot of people ever since like I started playing music or like commercially releasing music or like, especially real estate, since they started commercially releasing music, people often are like this music is very much associated in my mind with like the experience of being in like the New Jersey suburbs for one reason or another. And I think a lot of those reasons are, are valid um, that there's like this, this musical connection to the suburbs of New Jersey with that kind of music um, in a way that like, you know, there might be some musicians from Wisconsin that like sort of have some stylistic um, connection to that kind of stuff, but there's, there's, uh, there's something also very unique to that place about that kind of music that, that has been made there. Um, so I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know if those are the biggest differences, but those are some differences that are like salient in my mind uh, between those two places. Right. And then of course, you know, like a place like Madison, like the thing that defines Madison or the two things that define Madison are that it's like a capital city and that it's a college town. So it feels like I had no idea when I was growing up, like until I went to college, I had no idea what like being in a college town was like. I had no idea what like college students were like. It's crazy to me that like now I have a kid who's going to grow up like near a college and like have like a, a university campus as like part of his geography and not have like, you know, the train to New York city as part of the geography. It's going to, that like blows my mind that his life, his childhood is going to be so different than mine. Yeah. It's going to differ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But you stayed in Wisconsin since. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like it here. Yeah. I like it here. It's like, a, it's affordable. Like after I finished college, like a ton of my friends were moving to Brooklyn. A lot of my friends, both from both like friends I made in college, as well as like all my friends from New Jersey. Um, and of course I got into grad school. I wanted to go to grad school. I wanted to, to go to this grad program. Um, and like, you know, in the, in the time from me starting my grad program to like, you know, the point at which it seemed like an end was in sight to the grad program, uh, rent just became like completely unreasonable in a city like New York. It was just like, there's no, I would never, I can't even consider moving to that place now. It's just not even like worth considering. So Madison's actually like, compared to other Midwest cities, I would say like the rent is pretty high but like compared to, to like Brooklyn, it's way more yeah. livable. Yeah. There's no way I, I, we, I can't imagine my wife and I like moving to um, an expensive, like big city right now with like the money that we have, we, we wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. We'd, you know, we'd be living in a closet basically. Um, plus I like it here. I, I think it's, it's got a, a cool, it's got cool stuff going on. Space. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's just really nice. Mm -hmm. It's not, not everybody jam packed. Yeah, definitely. And I like the snow. I think most people, the biggest complaint about Wisconsin that I hear is like the winters and they're definitely pretty cold, but I I kind of, I kind of like snow. That makes you thrive. That makes you want to make some more music. Totally. And it feels really good when like, when that weather is lifted at the end, you know, it makes you like appreciate the spring and summer a lot more. I think when you have this like brutally cold period of the year. Right. I kind of like that. Yeah. What was the um, idea of you releasing music under your own name? Where did that come about? If that was a cognitive thought or did it just kind of happen? Yeah. Um, I don't really know why I started doing that. And sometimes I regret it actually, but why, why is that? Well, cause like uh, I feel like if I, if, you know, if I, if I had like a, a moniker a recording moniker um then like it'd be it's like you know if i apply for a job or something like that someone googles my name to find my like linkedin they find all this music stuff that's a weird thing um there's also a weird thing when like you know someone doesn't like my record on the internet and they're like julian lynch sucks but it's like man you don't even fucking know me like you think my music sucks that's fair but you don't know me um so it would have been there would have been an advantage i think to having a recording moniker to like sort of separate this as being like you know this isn't my personal identity this is a product that i make yeah. um but i also who gives a shit I, it's fine um i i think at the time oops sorry no you're fine um, i told you to start this thing over man so whenever you're ready yeah <laughs> um all right. I, I, I liked it. It was, it was kind of, uh, that was kind of an art piece in a way. It was like, yeah. it wasn't connected to the, to the, uh, it got connected to my computer, got connected. Yeah. It sounded great on my end, man. I, I, <laughs> I liked it. That's funny. I didn't realize you could hear that either. That's my, my friend Corey was calling me. Sorry about that. No, um, it's, it, it's fine. What's up, Corey? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Corey. Shout, shout out Corey Brecker. Good, good guy. Um, yeah. He's actually a great drummer. He's played music with me a bunch of times. Really? really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Good guy. All right. All right. Yeah, well, very good guy. Corey, I've heard a lot of good things. Yeah. Um, you know what? You know what that kind of tells me that you wish that you didn't 
you had a you know a, an alter ego if you will to, to go under i think you got to change yeah. your real name and so yeah. your your real name now <laughs> yeah. is your your uh, your stage the, name yep, and then exactly. you got to you got to change your own name and yeah, then your child cool. will have your own name right the, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the stage name yeah oh what a mess yeah that'd be good um, i yeah. I, <laughs> I like it just mull it over yeah, yeah. but actually I, you know at the same time i'm i'm glad in some ways that i didn't like use a recording name because like sometimes people that do that then like change it a bunch of times i feel like i would have changed it like three times by now and like it's probably better that it's just like my name yeah has it ever been brought up while trying to look for work like oh i listened to your music or whatever yes yeah uh-huh and yeah. how how does that <laughs> um that's fine i guess yeah it, it, it's like you know uh yeah it's fine <laughs> it's kind of it's a little bit weird um but it's not, it doesn't really happen that often it's not the most like it's not super recognizable it's not like i'm you know selling hundreds of thousands of records or something like that so it's we'll pretty see. low it's after pretty this low interview, man after this interview this might blow it up yeah you, you better be ready yeah yeah they're, they're going for you quit the day job that's it we're yeah. done yeah because yeah. you just want time to do anything else yeah that's when that's when creativity really flows out is when you have to do it no matter what and you don't have a choice i mean forced art is the best kind of art i've said it before i'll say it again there's that's there's some truth to that there is some truth but also it's like if it's free if it's natural there's also some truth to that i don't know it it depends i guess it depends circumstantial yeah structure there's there's like something to be said for having a little bit of structure and pressure i guess oh no i meant like a back up against the wall like you, you okay. have a whole album to do and right, you yeah. had three days so <laughs> instrumental yeah, vocals right. and then yeah mastering it yeah <laughs> what are some common topics that you that you that you talk about through through making music that you look towards you mean like themes like lyrical themes sure. and stuff like that sure um, or, or, or whatever whatever that maybe to you where what what sparks creativity in music yeah i i guess like i'm not like a i like writing lyrics and i do write lyrics um but i don't but i've never really considered myself like a lyric guy i've never really considered myself like a songwriter um it's not like usually if i write lyrics it's because like oh he, i wrote a really cool piece of music I'd love to have like the sound of singing over it. And like, I probably shouldn't sing gibberish. So I'll like write lyrics that kind of sound passable for me. Um, so I, I think more often than not, like my inspiration is less like driven by like trying to express something verbally uh, or, or, you know, centered around like a lyrical theme and more like inspiration from like, um, either like pure sound just like here's a sound that i just made by accident i love the way it sounds i'm really compelled by it or, or like i love the way it sounds with this other sound or like or with like a concept like uh of like you know i'd love to do a song with like with um i don't know like two parts doing like a like counterpoint kind of thing that that you know, sounds like some some piece of music that I find inspirational or something like that. Usually, I'm, I'm driven by like by music and sound more than um, than like lyrical topics or, or content. Yeah, or, you know, wanting to write about like the environment or love right. or something like that. 
right. which I'll do that, you know, but, uh, but like, usually it's first and foremost, it's like, I want to, you know, so, make something that's, that's sonically compelling to me. Cause you're not um, a lyric man and you said to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't you think know. that's, that's the, that's the uh, proper way to say that, but I like it. I'm not okay. a lyric man. It's all right. I, I that's, honestly, maybe like, that's a new album. I'm yeah. not a lyric man. And then there's right. just no lyrics in it. Ooh, I, like, that'd be pretty good. Do you, do you like, uh, like one of my favorite bands is Cocteau Twins. Do you like that band at all? No. What is it? What, what was it again? Cocteau Twins. Cocteau Twins. Cocteau Twins. Yeah. Where, where, so, where are they from? UK. Okay. They're from Scotland. Um, they like made a bunch of records in the eighties and like early nineties. They're like one of my favorite bands and uh, they have like their vocalist uh, is like, has a beautiful voice. She's like really good singer, but she doesn't sing um, anything intelligible. Like all of their, all of their words are like uh, she like part of her process was she, she would collect like dictionaries from different languages and like find words where like when you pronounce them, she liked the sound of them. And, you know, she didn't give a shit about like what their meaning was. She would like string words that had like beautiful sounds together um, or sometimes like complete like nonsense syllables. Uh, and it's like, honestly, like when I listen to music like that, it's like as compelling, if not more compelling than like listening to like, I don't know, like Bob Dylan or something like that. I love Bob Dylan. And I like the words he writes, but like the reason I got into Bob Dylan was mostly because of like the sound of the music he made. And then and then later I would like listen to the words and be like, oh, he's, he's saying stuff that is like poignant. Um, but it relates uh, to whatever he said. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a cognitive, you know, theme or, or we're working around. Yeah. Yeah. There, do you think that the, the woman remembers what she said on the recording and she plays it the same every time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you watch, if you watch live videos of them, like, you know, she, she like, you know, reproduces the same, like, you know, she probably, she hasn't written out like their lyrics, I'm sure. Um, but they're not, it's not, it's not meaningful. There's no meaning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do but you, it's beautiful. It's like awesome. Yeah. Do you, um, first of all, do you, do you think that the fatherhood being hmm? coming, coming into this is going to spark any new um, creative, flows uh, in in music do i mean do, do you think that something will happen from this change of pace of life maybe well yeah maybe that actually so mm -hmm. i think the change of pace of life part of it i think definitely could lead to like you know it's a lifestyle change um and it's like and at this point now like i've sort of made a decision that um when i'm not touring with the band i'm going to be like a full-time dad um take care of this kid at home. And that might lead to like having opportunities where like, since I'm working at home, like working, uh, I can, you know, have a guitar in my hand, like work on, work out like some new riffs or something like that. But I think, I don't, I don't know if I'm like um, on the same level as like, so like Martin from real estate, he, I know like each time he's like had another kid, he's got three kids. And each time he's had a kid, he like writes a ton of song, uh, writes, you know, lyrics about, about that process, about his feelings about it. Um, and that's like, it seems like that's an important way for him to express his feelings about being a father is through like lyrics. I don't really know if that's like, you know, like I said, I'm not like a lyric guy. That's not really, not really my primary vehicle for expression. Um, so I don't really see myself like writing songs necessarily about like, you know, the miracle of, 
of like life or, or about like, or, you know, whatever the, uh, the, the youthful existence that I'm now exposed to or something like that. But I can see like the kind of thing where even like yesterday uh, or last night, I was like playing my guitar, which I hadn't really done around this kid yet. Cause I wasn't sure if it would like, you know, if he would be bothered by it and start screaming, but he kind of seemed to enjoy it. Um, so I think I would do that more actually. I think if he like finds it soothing, like that's a good opportunity for both of us to, to like, uh, you know, for me to like work on new stuff and, um, uh, you know, be in a different headspace while doing it. Cause like, I'm not used to working on new material, like at four in the morning when I can't sleep because there's a baby crying. Um, so that I think could definitely spur some, some new creativity for me. Yeah. Which is good. It's, yeah. It's a new, totally. it's a new uh, avenue. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And what it, why, why even have a kid if they're not going to help you out with music? I mean, that's what I've been saying for years. Yeah. I, it's like, I do agree. pull your weight. I'm trying to play these shows mm-hmm. to pay for the place that you live and everything that you do. So right. why don't you help return the favor in, in, in helping me out with these topics? He's got to start being, he's got to learn how to be an engineer. Start yeah. engineering my records. Yeah. yeah. It's time. It's time. Right. I mean, I have, how old is the kid? It's nine months. You said four, four weeks, four weeks, nine months, same thing. <laughs> it's time either way i agree i agree four days four weeks four months yeah (laughs) (laughs) no that's that's awesome man that is that is really cool yeah congrats thank you dude thanks a co a covid child yeah yeah it seems like one of many it seems like there's a wave of that there's like at least three i've heard of (laughs) it's just on my radar yeah right yeah none to the, to the whole parental thing but i can probably add like another five to that so okay that that's enough to uh you know it's like nine kids all together in total exactly yeah mm-hmm. good for them if yeah. that's not your target audience then what is i mean you gotta play for the youth true that is true so, i mean yeah constantly be evolving and why not have them as as a part of it right right <laughs> <laughs> how uh how old are you 36 okay so that's that's young why do you think so many people are waiting so long to get married and have children nowadays as opposed to say Uh, years ago i don't know um i'm actually so i'm the same age that my dad was when my parents had me Mm -hmm. Uh, and my mom was actually older than me but that, but it was weird at the time because my parents, it f- always felt like my parents were a little bit older than like other kids' parents. But I think, you know, like. And you, and you felt that when you were a kid, you're like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. I don't, okay. but I don't think that this kid won't feel that. I don't think because our friends around town, like a lot of them are older than us and have just had kids. Um, so I think it'll be actually really normal for this kid to have friends whose parents were like, 39 or whatever when they Man, they're it. not gonna have the train i mean you, i mean your your kid right now is just not gonna have the same upbringing you missing just, out missing out on a lot yeah total <laughs> other end of the coin yeah but sorry, um, go ahead. <laughs> i don't know but i think there's like there's a lot of reasons for that i think probably the biggest one that people would point to is like financial instability for our generation how old are you i'm 21 21 yeah. so you might be as fucked or more fucked than than people that are in their 30s because of you thanks appreciate it because well because of 
<laughs> because of capitalism. Let's no, put it that it's, way. It's just because you. It, it solely rests on you. That I'll you take part of the responsibility. You didn't pay the rent in Brooklyn. <laughs> you moved to Wisconsin. No, it, this is all on you. It's because I'm not. Yeah, I, uh... the the burden's on your shoulder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my I'm not putting enough back into the economy. Yeah. Um, just yeah, you, though. Nobody right. else. It's just know, yeah. you that it you're is, not doing it. It is my fault, yeah. It's an issue. I, um, I think that's probably a big reason, big part of it is like people, mm. you know, when people are like, when I was 29 years old or something, there's no way in hell I could have been convinced to have a child. I would not have felt ready, like emotionally or financially for that. I couldn't like, you know, I, I wasn't going to like, raise a kid in like a you know like group house that i was living in or something um so i just think it just like you know takes people longer to uh to feel like financially secure now if they ever even can and uh that's probably part of it you know but also there's probably like you know people there's more emphasis placed on accomplishing personal and professional goals in your 20s and your 30s it's harder to accomplish a lot of those things in your 20s and 30s now so it takes you longer to do it um which pushes everything else back yeah it pushes everything else back yeah i don't know you know just kind of it is what it is i don't think it's like a bad thing necessarily but but yeah it does seem like that's that's a generational thing it's like people having kids older right yeah i mean as long as you have them it's fine right yeah well you can it doesn't matter no, you have to have them. And you, you said have that. To have them? You said that before we started. You said you have to have kids or else <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Absolute. It's it's a needed thing. Um so who are your some of your current influences in in uh in music or what are you listening to right now in terms of contemporary artists? Contemporary artists, I would say a lot of stuff I listen to is like older stuff, actually, like older records. I do listen to like some, some um, contemporary stuff, um, but like a lot of the records that I listen to like very regularly are like, you know, I return. I always return to like, uh, like a lot of like guitar players that that inspire me. Um, there's like a experimental guitar player named Henry Kaiser whose like records I really love. He still he still makes music actually. So he is, you could say he's contemporary. Actually, a lot of these people are still contemporary because they're still making music. Um, Robert, do you know Robert Fritt? Like King Crimson? Uh, King Crimson, yes, but not Robert Frick, did you say? Fritt, uh, F-R-I-P-P. Okay, Fritt. Um, like he's a fucking awesome guitar player that I'm very inspired by. Still technically making music. He does like, he has like a, uh, a YouTube channel with his wife where they do like, um, like weekly music videos that are kind of kind of funny especially like during covid they were doing a lot of that stuff um i don't know i've been listening to like a lot of like uh um what else like windham hill like uh new age records like william ackerman like type like a new age guitar Mm -hmm. shit alex degrassi that kind of stuff my actually like speaking of records that kind of remind me of that um uh, my friend Cole Furlow, he's like a guitar player. Um, and uh, I went on tour with him right before the pandemic, actually. And he was doing like a good guitar duo that kind of reminded me of 
of like kind of like finger style guitar players like that kind of like you know really like mellow like acoustic guitar stuff but he's actually he has a new record coming out that is pretty sick um so that's one example of like highly contemporary yeah dude yeah he's probably younger than me um that's like a record to look out for um for sure yeah you know a bunch of different different stuff i guess pulling pulling from a bunch of different places and, mm-hmm. and of course uh minor threat dude forever i love minor threat yeah i i got to so i one of my favorite bands of all time is is wire mm-hmm. uh the punk band wire and i got to open for them on a tour in 2013 or 2014 and we played in washington dc and i was really psyched because like after my set um i went backstage and ian mckay was hanging out there with like the wire guys i was like oh shit like really very honored to meet you and he like he he actually like he was like your set reminded me of robert fripp i was like damn that's a huge compliment dude that, that like makes me very happy um so that, that was very cool i still yeah I, i'll still jam minor threat i'll still jam like void that was one of my favorite discord bands for sure love that band like that the like faith void split very very sick material. yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. um I love I, mean, I love like 80s hardcore I love like also like 80s like thrash death metal stuff like heavier stuff there's not I don't really have a lot of like creative outlets of my own where that inspiration comes through exactly but but I like I like a lot of heavier music you appreciate the sound yeah there, and there's actually like I think a lot of the, like some of the cooler contemporary music being made now it is like heavier stuff there's like a record I don't know if it was 2020 or 2019, this band Blood Incantation. There's like a death metal record that was really good. Blood in- Incantation? Yeah. Okay. Um, very, very sick death Sounds metal. Sounds wholesome. Record. Sounds wholesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mom will sure like that. Yeah, it's a good good music to listen to with your, your parents, your grandparents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fun for everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you said that you joined real estate uh, 2016 or 2017? 20, yeah, 2016. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you knew uh, Courtney and Bleeker and all those guys from yeah. when you were a kid, right? Yep. Yep. Totally. We played music together since I don't know, since I was in ninth grade, maybe tenth grade. Mm-hmm. And and uh, when when did your guys' paths cross again later later on? I'm two thousand. 2016 2017-ish when 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 did you guys um kind of merge again we never really lost touch exactly um i would see them like you know whenever whenever i would be back on the east coast bleaker was still bleaker lives in california now but he was living in new york up until i don't know 20 2017 somewhere around there so anytime I would be back, like visiting my family or anything, I would go and hang out with those guys. Um, and then anytime real estate was on tour, I'd go check them out. Um, and I guess like the, the reconnection that led to me joining the band was when Martin did a solo tour in early 2016 and he played a show in Madison. Um, and that's when he like kind of asked me to, to, start playing with the band um and it was probably a month or two later when i first went out to the east coast and um did some rehearsals with them and then 
couple months after that, I played my first show with them. How did, how did the first show go? What, what was the audience reaction to it? Um, I, I don't remember what the audience reaction to it was, but I, it was terrible. I, I played terribly. Uh, you know, it was like very, it was very nerve wracking because like, um, I played in front of big audiences before, but I played as like an opening act, you know? And so like to, to a large extent, the audience was like indifferent to me anyways. But right. this is the first time where I was playing to an audience where they were there to see this music. They were really familiar with this music and they were very ready to scrutinize like the new guy in the band. Um, so I was like nervous as hell. I like compensated for that by like drinking a bunch, which like, you know, I can't, I like, I don't do, I learned that like after a year and a half of playing with the band was like, I can't like, you know, before that point, I'd, whenever like I would play shows, I would like have a couple drinks at least before playing to loosen up a little bit. Um, and that kind of worked for like my music because a lot of my music like playing on stage was way more loose and improvisational anyways. Um, but like with this, I realized like musically it didn't work as well, like getting a little buzz on. And also um, it wasn't sustainable, like, cause I was playing so many shows, like, you know, getting drunk every single day for like weeks on end was not gonna work as a lifestyle for me. So, um, so I, I worked that out of my system. And Ian McKay was there. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, yeah, man? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I thought I had had his voice in my mind. Um, like, dude, I was, I was going to sign a Discord today, yeah, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the first shows I did with real estate. Like, I, the other thing was, like, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know exactly how to approach being in the band. Um, it's still something I'm still figuring out because I didn't want. I don't want and I especially then didn't want to just, like, have my sound just ape what was already happening in the band you know um i didn't i didn't seem like the band was that was that wasn't the place where the band was in when i joined it seemed like they were trying to do something different and also just didn't like make sense if like you know i'm i'm my own person i'm not gonna like try to mimic the guitar style of the person that played before me so i um you know was trying to like work out like okay well what what kind of like guitar sound would work in this band that is like a little bit different, um, which was like a learning process, uh, you know, because I wasn't, you know, it was a new experience playing with those, with those guys in that particular formation with those four people and, you know, with their stage set up and everything. So it took me a while to like, to be like, okay, yeah, this is how like the guitar can sound in the band and, and it can kind of work and it, and it works with like the new material they're writing. Um, but early on, it was like, you know, it was a bumpy start, I would say. It was a, wasn't like, you know, I jumped right in and everything was like perfect. Not to mention the band. When I played the first shows with real estate, like, I don't even think I thought about this at the time, but the band, they were probably really rusty too. Cause like real estate hadn't been playing shows in a few years, I think uh, leading up to that. So years, kind of multiple years. Wow. Yeah, I think probably like a couple of years. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong about that, but I think it'd been like a couple of years since the band really did any serious touring. So, um, you know, by that point, it was all like we were playing new material. We were like it was the first time any of that material was being played live. Um, shows were they were probably not not our finest shows, but it's okay. So when when, when did you finally feel like you got the hang of it and you really felt comfortable? I'd say being, like 
the uh, not being the opening being the main the main act I, I actually ironically I think I started really settling into things like right before the pandemic hit of course yeah of course we're like <laughs> I was like damn I'm so ready right now to like go on tour for the next year because like we like the bit, like honestly I, I I say this I think I have now some some distance from it since it's been like over a year but like the way we were sounding in like say December, January, I guess a little bit into February of 2020 um, was like the best the band had sounded on stage since I joined. Um, we were just like, we'd finally, we'd really locked in like a way to play with each other. Uh, like what, like how our instruments work together and like our stage sound was like just really tight. Who knows what it's going to be like now? Cause we haven't played together in so long, but like pandemic hit and it, uh, you know, right you know the rest yeah yeah and as as we all unfortunately do but um yeah. do you feel like that's a common consensus throughout the whole band that, that you guys sounded the best leading up to not being able to play i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth but do i it. Think, do it martin i think i think they would agree <laughs> honestly i honestly do think they would probably agree with me that it was it was uh it reached a really like really nice sounding place where like um we were we were definitely ready ready for the road when the when it all went down so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was because you again really really did a lot of damage the pandemic you, was my fault yep i brought it over yes i was you made it zero. you Patience. i manufactured <laughs> it <laughs> yeah I, I manufactured the virus yeah and and you're not simulated the economy enough and you didn't move to brooklyn and I mean, you're the reason why uh, college is so expensive as well. It's I need I needed to hear this. It's like it's yeah, good. it's it's time. Somebody has to say it. I'll I'll say it. Your honesty is refreshing, so I, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, everyone, everyone's yes men to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm safely in California until yeah. tonight when I I don't know you're gonna send some people over, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, until right now, <laughs> as of right now, yeah. why do you think? so many people are attracted to the music that you make uh i don't know if that's the case um, okay i think a lot of people why do people I, hate you then how about that is oh, that is that a better know. question i'm somewhere in between i think so I, I think like a lot of people here let me let me let me answer it this way okay because I, I walked into with with real estate you know they they already had a fan base they already sure. had like well-respected records they were m- much more successful than any of the records i'd put out as a solo artist and you know they they've been touring on them for like ten years. I I wasn't doing any touring to like promote my records because I was in grad school. So um, they you know they they put in a lot of hard work to uh, to achieve that that I can't take credit for. And I think also you know they made fucking good records. You know I love I love like Days. It's a great record. I feel comfortable saying that I'm not like boasting because I didn't I didn't play on Days. So like. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a really cool record that those guys made. Um, so everything leading up until you coming in is the best. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> no, I, I, I would say. I, I would. Not only did you manufacture the the uh, coronavirus and that you're the reason why we're in debt and everything, but you also are a liar. Okay. I think people. I think there are people who would make that argument, but I would. I actually like. I'd say like days and um, 
I don't even I, like so real the last two releases real estate had were the main thing and uh and this ep half a human which i don't really see those even though there are technically two different releases i kind of see them as being the same thing because they're kind of from the same sessions those are i'd say like main thing half a human and days are my favorite real estate records if i had to as a listener if i had to like you know listen to them if i had to like take one to my desert island or whatever um probably be those two i like I like those a lot. Yeah, um, they're good. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, we made. I wish we got to tour on those. I, I wish we had that opportunity because there there was some like cool material on the, those releases. But oh well, well. Everyone's, everyone's looking forward to hearing it when it when it comes back. So yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It's kind of weird to like to basically like tour on old material that is like it's old news to everybody you know yeah but that's the thing though is is it old news because you weren't able to tour it and be and that's the newest thing that is out or yeah but also like we're we're sick of it now it's it's old to us i think we'd rather like probably just write new jams like work out some new stuff and and play that play covers just play fugazi covers that's that's an idea nobody's ever done i'm completely into that I, it would be hard to convince the other guys, but I think it would sound great. But I'd be sold on that for sure. Yeah. Good. Good. You'd buy a ticket. Yes, you, I would. Yeah. If you as a viewer, somebody was like, "Hey," but I wouldn't pay estate. more than five bucks for it. That's Fugazi style. You that's can't. legal. That's legally yeah. you could exactly. not do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's it's funny, but good good for them for doing it, and, and good good for them to for sticking by that. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's awesome. I mean, like, you know, uh, no wonder, like I looked up to, to people like that when I was in high school that like the, you know, it was, it's an amazing thing when you're like, when you're a kid and you're getting turned away from shows cause you're not old enough or you don't have enough money to go see the shows you want to like have people that are playing cheap shows that are very cool that like will let anyone in that are yeah. inclusive. That's uh that's important. Yeah. It is, and it, it, it's important to do what you can for your local music community and don't just yeah. move to Brooklyn from Ridgewood and make your own yes. scene. Make yes, stuff I that, agree. Make stuff, which is not a new concept. Ian Mackay did say this, and I I, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with it. Uh, I totally agree with We that, don't see yeah. eye to eye on a lot of things, but that is one thing uh, that, you know. Yeah, no, the, but, big, the, the big things, the, the major... Uh, major ethical points i would say i mean right. alignment with right in a in a yeah. in the uh a, a white t-shirt in bands it seems like that's always what we were but you know that's yeah. to your own decision <laughs> make it a black shirt and converse whatever you want to do it's open-ended you know so, yeah there's a little bit of you can yeah there's room for creativity and expression right right there. right i mean it's 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 narrow but you could do what you will right. in, in, your, yeah. in your space anyways yeah. i like to wrap this up with a promo so you can sure. find and buy Julian's music at julianlynch.bandcamp.com. Is that the best way people could support you in your in your totally. solo music? Yeah, That's yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, yeah. Good deal. And you can Thanks, also man. find real estate's music at realestatetheband.com. And what do you got any shows coming up? I know it's kind of coming back and and this will be out. Uh yeah, Friday. hang on one second. Let me see if it's I'm gonna Google it real quick Please. to see if it's even announced. Um, we're we're gonna keep this dead air. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. Hold on one second. Let's see if it's, the lineup is announced here. 
And yeah, it's announced. Okay, Ohana Festival, um, September 26th, my birthday, September 26th. Um, Ohana Festival, that is in, do you know where Dana Point is? Dana yeah, Point? That's, that's my neck of the woods. Is it I really? Mean, I'm more uh, east, I'm inland. Okay. But yes, I that's in Orange County. I and I thought that that was wow. Okay, so is it just is it um just you? It's not No, man, estate. it's it's real estate. It's a real estate show. It, it's, well, it's, shit. I was going to tell the people to go to that, but you know. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's yeah, it's on the beach. The headliner is Pearl Jam. Well, uh if that suits you guys, you listeners, I'm going to No. No, that's great. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Definitely cool. Yeah. Dana Point, great, great, great place. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's killer. And that's September what again? September twenty sixth. September twenty sixth. Your yep. birthday, man. Get My birthday. Wow. Yeah. So come by, wish me a happy birthday. There's gonna be other shows, real estate shows, for sure. But I'm, I don't think those those are announced yet. But um, I'd say keep an eye out for shows later in 2021. And you can keep up to date on on real estate on, uh, on uh your instagram right it's like real estate the yeah. band yeah yeah that's that's, that's probably right. post them. and the the uh website will also have it for sure yep totally yeah. awesome julian yeah, thank you, you so much man i, I appreciate thank it. you is there, Thanks, is, there Jacob. is there anything else you need you need to promote i was gonna plug, plug a thing you know what i am gonna plug this thing because i'm Please. i think it's okay to plug it so there's i i just did music for a podcast um hopefully they use it otherwise uh, you know i'm uh but I, i've I, you know I'm, it's in writing i got paid for it and everything but i just did music for a podcast called the door um so check that out i think it's going to be coming out also in september um and i'm really I, i've basically recorded like an album's worth of new material of like instrumental material for this podcast I'm very psyched on it it's going to be a really cool podcast so that's what i would plug on my end well, I don't plug other people's podcasts on my podcast. So that's gonna be edited out. No, no, that's fair definitely, yeah. no, no, definitely check it out. The the door, right? The door, yeah. The yeah. door. Okay, cool. Yeah. Un- cool. I mean, I'm assuming it's more professional than this. And you know, if you got any spare B sides, you saw how I started this shit. So, dude, anytime, anytime <laughs> you want. I'm kidding, man. dude. Thank you so much, man. I I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you in a second. I'm gonna stop recording this. Okay, thanks.